Hey there, Super Sober Heroes. It's your host, Sober Steve, the podcast guy. And before we jump into today's episode, I want to take a brief moment to ask for your help to shape the future of gay A. Over the years, this podcast has grown and evolved as I've grown in my sobriety. And recently, I've been investing wild amounts of time, money, and energy to find ways to level up this podcast so it can get heard by the people who need to hear it. I want to take a brief moment to check in with all of you, though, to see what you love about the current show and what could be better as I'm growing and moving forward. In the show notes is a three to five minute survey for you to complete. I kindly ask that you pause this episode and take the time to complete it if you haven't already. You are kind enough to give me 20 to 40 minutes of your time each week when you listen to these episodes, and I want to make sure it's time well spent. So please let your voice be heard. Thanks, SoberPod, and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Gay A, a podcast about sobriety for the LGBT plus community and our allies. I'm your host, Steve Bennett Martin. I am an alcoholic, and I'm grateful for the friendships I've developed over my sobriety. As of this recording, I am 458 days sober, and today we're welcoming a guest to share their experience, wisdom, and hope with you. Welcome to the show, John. Hi, Steve. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Why don't you start off by introducing yourself to our listeners? Hi, everyone. My name is John. I'm an alcoholic addict. And as of this podcast, I am 179 days sober. Congratulations on that. Thank you. And what are some of your hobbies or things you've discovered about yourself that, you know, the last hundred something days? I would say for me, a big part of this whole sobriety thing was taking back the things that I lost. So as opposed to new hobbies, it was stuff that I had found joy in before. I was getting fucked up and then stuff that I can continue on and improve on after. So for me, definitely, like I used to love to cook, but whenever I was cooking drunk, it was always a mess. The food wasn't great. So I've definitely gotten back into cooking. I've also always been pretty athletic. So my workouts have gotten better. I've started focusing on my physical. And then also I've always been a social bee, like a social butterfly. So exploring relationships with friends or people I'm dating, I just put, I'm all in now. Whereas before I feel like I wasn't because I was, you know, in the fog and the haze of alcohol. Yeah. And why don't we jump into it and tell us what that journey with alcohol was like for you? Uh, Okay. Jump right in. So I went to law school and I would say that's where my drinking picked up the most. Um, right after college, went straight into law school and I started drinking and partying, but everything was pretty much under control. Then my last year of law school, I actually decided to stop drinking. I never said I was sober or anything like that, but I didn't drink for over a whole year. I lost a ton of weight that year. I got super into the gym and things were going pretty well. And then I graduated and I started working in real estate firms right from the get go, my first job out. And then that is where my drinking picked up heavily, dealing with tough bosses, tough clients, huge workload. And that's really when things started to get out of control and spiral, at least for me anyway. Then COVID hit and we were all sent to work remote. So it was kind of like a free for all, you know, you can pretty much drink whenever you, and because I do work in the real estate industry, I don't know if you know much, but the mortgage rates were so low at the time. So like business was booming. Everything was great. I held on for a little bit longer. And then I would say about the fall of last year, once the interest rates started to rise, the firm started laying everyone off. And I used to manage a whole team. Now it's just me, my department. And I was watching all my coworkers one by one get laid off. 
And I was super, super nervous about losing my job because I live here in New York and it's pretty expensive. So that's when my drinking really picked up and got out of control. I would say at the height of it, I was probably like two or three bottles of wine a day, every single day, which is a lot. Um, And everyone around me noticed. So I was kind of just living my life, working, excelling at work, watching all of my coworkers get fired. But I wasn't. And I was pretty much just taking on all this work. So then I would say around Christmas time of just this past year, I started to realize it was a problem because I tried to stop. And I only made it about 10 days before I started drinking again. And that was my last run from Christmas until March 3rd of this year. I drank every single day heavily for that time. And then at the end, I just remember, I felt like I was going to die. Like so many else of us do. I was like, this is going to kill me. This is stronger than I am. I don't even think I can continue on to live like this in any kind of manageable. So I got sober. I didn't do inpatient or outpatient or anything. I did it all on my own, which looking back on, I think was a huge mistake because I could have benefited from the help. Yeah. Right. You're shaking your head. Yes. Well, I'm just agreeing, but yes, continue. Yeah. Yeah. I did it all my own and I was California sober, you know, California sober for a little bit, um, only about two weeks. And I started going to AA and I felt like, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I really have to just stop everything because yeah. I'm a Pisces. So I have that like addictive personality and I just, you know, was crutching on weed using weed as a crutch in the beginning. And I felt like, okay, I need to stop it all. So I stopped everything. And that's why my sobriety date is March 3rd, because I did stop a little bit before that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I did I, kind of just mess up for a second, but you were shaking your head. Yes. So, yeah, no, I, I was just agreeing. Like, I definitely relate to your experience with that, because like my first month of sobriety, like I was still Cali sober, like. Yeah, yeah. But it was just because I was doing both like all day every day. And I feel like if I just stopped one at a time, like I don't know how I would have done that. So spacing it out, like I stopped like one one month and then like one the next. Okay. Did you like set it as like you're like, okay, this is gonna be my last day, or did you get to that point where you were like, This is now a problem too? I had like went like I of course decided this like right after buying a whole bunch of drugs. And so I was like, All right, like I have these drugs to last me thirty days. And like when uh, when I'm done, I'm out. I'm not buying anymore. Like I blocked them, deleted the number, whatever. Okay. And then when when like I just made sure like it and it did last like literally to the last day. Like it was like less and less near the end because like as an addict, we're not very good at rationing ourselves. No, I was gonna say, but you tried to ration as best you could. Yeah, I I, I did my best and I, I did succeed. And like and I again like like you like I decided to do it because. I realized I was like using it the way that I used alcohol. Like I know lots of people who smoke pot, but just like how lots of people can drink alcohol, like regular people, like a lot of people can smoke pot, like regular quote unquote people. But I was like, yeah, like at night or to go to a concert. I wasn't that kind of person. I was like a chronic weed head. Like I was like high all day, every day. Yeah. So that's why I knew I had to stop that too. Yeah, exactly. I switched out vaping like nicotine for weed at one point. And like, that was it. I was just like all day, every day, just vaping. I thought I was like doing a good thing when I did that. Like, I was like, oh, I'm not smoking cigarettes or I'm not like smoking a jewel anymore. And it's like, I'm still fucking smoking pot. Yeah. It's like basically having like an IV of sativa in me at all times. But 
Like, I think that's just was, I was in a haze at that time. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and then in our sobriety, we find a different haze in the, the pink cloud. Yeah. Pink cloud. Things are so much better living clear. Yeah. And tell us more about like how things have changed for you since getting sober and what it's like now. Well, it's weird because, you know, you get sober and you kind of just think everything's going to be okay in the beginning. And it's not like that. Like you get sober and then you still have to deal with your life and all the problems that you created, like when you were getting fucked up. So I feel like that was the biggest thing in the beginning is I was like, holy shit, like I'm sober, but like, I still need to be an adult. Like I still need to go to work every day. I still need to like live my life and pay my bills. But the thing is, is that they all become more manageable. And I'm sure you would agree with that. Like, I feel like most people in recovery say that is there's tough days, but things become more manageable and you can see clearer. Yeah, I, I definitely can relate. I, I remember like early on in my sobriety, like the first like one or two times, like things didn't go my way. And I'm like, oh, just because I'm sober doesn't mean that everything is perfect now. Like things will still happen. Life still gets lifey, as they say. But, yeah, yeah, you're dealing with life. Exactly. But it's a much better way to deal with life. Like I hate to be that person that's like, oh, I'm sober. And like, you know, life is beautiful, but life is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And you actually can deal with your problems and they don't ruin your week. Yeah, for sure. And reflecting back, how do you feel your sexuality played a role in your addiction? I mean, I, I've talked to therapists about this, like other people in AA about this, but I feel like I started, I started drinking before I came out. So I think that that played a role because I was numbing myself in a way I didn't even know I was numbing myself, blocking things out that, you know, I didn't want to face at the time, which is something that I feel like even heterosexual alcoholics deal with, you know, you're just blocking stuff out. But I think being part of our community, it's different because you've already dealt with so much, even if you don't have an alcohol or drug problem. And then you want to pile that on top of it. It just intensifies everything. Yeah. And how has that changed for you since getting sober? I feel like my confidence is almost through the roof now. Like I borderline cocky almost because I've always had that mindset where I'm just like, I've gone through all this shit in my life, you know, coming out, like being teased as a kid, all of that shit. And then, so you already have this mindset where you're like, I can do it on my own. And then when you get sober, you're just like, I'm unstoppable. Like there's nothing I can't do. So I feel like to be a confident gay man is just everything. And to be it sober, be one sober, I mean, for me is so special. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I have more confidence like in my sobriety and like in myself since getting sober and like e- even like physically, like even though I've gained a little bit of weight since getting sober because I replaced sweets with alcohol for a bit there, like I'm still like feeling better th- than like I did when I was like, uh, you know, severely underweight or like gay fit at the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Gay fit. Quotation <laughs> marks. Air quotes. Yeah. I mean, I'll say when on March 3rd, I was 115 pounds mm-hmm. like that. I was just drinking all day eating nothing and i mean that's no way to live you can't digest anything so you're absorbing no nutrients so i totally relate to that like you may pack on a few pounds but still like your confidence is going to be much higher than it was when you're using a drug to numb yourself daily yeah for sure and what what are some things you do in your daily life to help keep you sober okay always follow this one um little tip that i heard and it's super super corny but it helps me so much and it's the acronym HALT. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Oh, yeah. So you never want to have, yeah, you have. Mm-hmm. You yeah. never want to get too hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. 
And whenever I feel any of those things, I'm like, okay, take a step back and remember why you're doing this. And for me, like I said in the beginning, is my why was this is going to kill me. So whenever I feel anything of or any four of those, that's immediately what I retreat back to when I assess what's going on, if I'm angry, lonely, tired, or hungry. And then I just remember my why, like why I got sober. And I just feel like that helps me so much. In the beginning, it was like I was thinking of halt like 20 times a day. And I feel like now, you know, it's probably two or three times a day. And I'm sure as the years go on, it'll get even less. But I just always revert back to halt. Yeah. And I, my eyes lit up when you said that, because like I, I host a beginner's meeting once a week and we always start with advice and like the advice, like I, I switched like up the first bit of advice, like every single week. But the second one is like always halt, like because for me, like I needed to keep it simple when I started, like I couldn't, yeah. you know, digest entire chapters of the book or stories or narratives. But like you give me like the serenity prayer and I'm like, OK, I can I can memorize like three lines and like you give me halt and I'm like, I can like handle four words, but like keeping it simple definitely helped me at first and halt was a huge part of it still to this day. Yeah. Because I mean, just going back to AA, it's like the 12 steps are so daunting mm -hmm. in the beginning when, you know, you're looking at all of them, you're like, I can't even memorize these. But like you said, it starts simple with the serenity prayer. Something simple as halt. It really like keeps you grounded and keeps you going. Remember, it helps you remember why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. And if someone was sober curious, what kind of advice would you give them? I would recommend the 30 days, you know, like a dry month type thing. I knew for me that was never going to work because I had to go all the way to the beginning. But people who are sober curious might not necessarily have a problem with alcohol the way that I did. So I would say try a dry month, see how you feel after that. I felt like amazing after 30 days. That's when I initially went public with everything was 30 days. I waited 30 days. Some people, you know, on TikTok or whatever, day four, they're on there saying they're sober. I waited 30 days because I was so filled with shame and I didn't want everyone to know. And then once I kind of got a little bit of clarity, I was like, oh yeah, this is how I'm going to live the rest of my life. And then I went public with it and I knew that it was going to be for me. Yeah, I did the same on I did 30 days for my coming out again, like uh, as yeah. sober. And then I love that. Yeah. And then I 90 days is when I launched this podcast because like I started it like early, early in my sobriety. But I was like, I don't want to like release a podcast about being sober, like if it doesn't like stick for the full 90s. But like by 90, I'm like, yeah, I got this. Like this is definitely something this. that I you really love. Yeah. Did you go start going to AA right away? Yes, like within the first week, not like the first okay. day or two, but like those were a couple really rough days. And then like I started the 12 step program bit like right after that. And it's worked for me. Like I've learned like over the course of recording, you know, a hundred something episodes like that. There are lots of people who get sober in so many different ways and like whatever way works for you. It's great. But like that's worked for me. Yeah, there's, I definitely relate to the principle. There's not one way to recover. Yeah. It's different for every person. For me, I didn't go into AA right away, but I found it very helpful about a month into sobriety. And now I go every day. Yeah. Excellent. And speaking of programs, no matter how we get sober, we generally find a couple quotes or lyrics or something we love to live by. What's your favorite mantra? I'm sure you've heard this one too, but it's, I may have 10 problems on any given day, but if I pick up a drink or use, I'm going to have 11. Yes. And 
Yes, that is my like go to. It's up there with Hall. I mm-hmm. refer back to that daily. There's any time, anytime I'm ever triggered or anything like that, I just immediately go back to that because it's so true, especially for anyone who is new in recovery. Like you may think that that drink or drug is going to help, but it's not. It's just going to pile onto your list of problems that you already have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I s- certainly agree. And do you have any last words of wisdom or advice for our listeners? Yes, I would say if you are newly sober or thinking about getting sober and it's working for you and then, you know, you slip up or you relapse or something like that, just get back on the wagon. Mm-hmm. Forget that it happened and just hop right back on because there's so many people, there's so many people, especially in our community that will have your back. And it's such a better way to live. I mean, it really is. We've gone up, grown up. Oh, we stop for a second. We've all grown up in such like this drinking culture where we drink all the time and just hop back on the wagon because it's such a better way to live your life. You'll live a healthier, fuller life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I certainly agree. I just know that the life that I'm leading like today is just like so different than what it was even like a year ago, like when I was like early in sobriety, cause I'm 458 days, like a little over like 15 months or so. And it's just, it, I'm amazed before I'm halfway through her, I guess is however they say it. Yeah. I always look back. I'm like, who was he? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I don't even recognize that person, which I feel like is so true for so many alcoholics because you're really not, that's not who you are deep down. You don't even recognize that person once you get sober. Yeah. And how can our listeners find you if they wanted to follow Uh, you on the socials? I am at sober guy NYC on social media. Excellent. It's a nice, easy handle to remember. Yeah. So follow me guys. (laughs) Yes. I'll be sure to link that over in the show notes, but thank you and stick around for our post show, John. Will do. All right. And thank you listeners for tuning into another episode of Gay A. You can join our Patreon family today and continue our conversation talking about John's experiences in sobriety by heading over to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com backslash gay a pod. Meanwhile, if you want to get in touch with me about coming on the show, sharing your experiences, or just saying hi, I'm an email away at gayapodcast at gmail.com. And be sure to follow us wherever you're listening so you can get new episodes when they come out every Thursday. Until next time, stay sober, friends.